In today's Need to Know, we are recapping the Oscars, the good, the bad, and the hally. We are getting all in our feelings about money and kicking off our Money May series with five financial gotta do's and the announcement of May's book club book. Welcome to Ward and Webster. Why did I just say book like that? Book. What is that? <laughs> and I know and you're not going. You? I know you're not going to edit it out because you're petty. Why are you throwing shade at Holly Berry before we even get into the episode? She is one of my all-time faves. Bad wigs, notwithstanding. We are going to get into that because I just don't know. I felt like, oh no, we're not there yet. Anywho, hi Isaiah. <laughs> Can we we didn't have any pleasantries. Hello. Hello, Bianca. How are you? This is episode 10. 10. I feel like that is huge. We've come, I was about to say we've come a long way, but have we? I don't know. We're growing. We're growing. <laughs> we've come somewhere. We've come somewhere. I don't know if it's a long way, but we've come somewhere. I'm hoping that people will continue to give us feedback. Nothing excites me more than getting message text messages and like dms from people who love us <laughs> um and saying good things um and the haters can stay wherever they are i don't know we haven't seen them yet but you know it was it was interesting that you bring that up because i was just talking to a fan of the show a listener of the pod this morning and she was going on and on about how much she loved us and how much she thought our chemistry was great and how she got a giggle out of us talking about how everyone thought we were a couple last week <laughs> You know, and she was like, she's like, I told my husband and he was like, what? <laughs> so, you okay, so a moment of transparency. I still have not listened to last week's episode for some oh reason. Oh my God. I know. And usually like, you know, um, a little bit behind the scenes for folks. Isaiah does. Hold on, pause. When you were growing up, did you have a nickname? Were you Izzy? <laughs> I was not I was not Izzy and I did have a nickname that only one side of the family used but I don't know that I want to get into that today some names for children it wasn't Izzy you ever meet children with like really mature names or adults with mature names and you're like what did they call you as a child like my mother's name all her business out there anyway my mother's name is Doreen no nickname but Doreen sounds grown forever. it does it does. There's no like, how do you greet a five-year-old Doreen? Like some <laughs> names are mature. Yeah, I agree. Anywho, um, I was always B. Whatever. Okay. So I have not listened because I don't know what it is about this episode, but I'm nervous. No, behind the scenes. Let me back up. I was going to tell folks that we record, Isaiah does all of the fancy editing, puts it up on the things and makes the magic happen. So I usually don't hear the episode. Um, I hear at the same time other folks do, like when it's posted, then I listen. And I'm, I'm usually really diligent about listening first thing Saturday morning, um, you know, starting off my day. Last week's, I just couldn't bring myself to listen because I think I was super excited about it slash nervous about our George episode and interview. Even though I've heard great things, like I just, I don't know, I haven't listened yet. Maybe I will eventually. 
I don't know what that's about. You should listen to the episode because we're already on to the next. <laughs> Here we are, episode 10, as we say. <laughs> and um, there are, I was trying to think of something clever to do. I was sharing with um, you that there are five Saturdays this month. So I'm like, is there something special, you know, we should do when these things happen? Because people get a whole extra week of our goodness. Um, so I just decided we're going to do five gotta do's to kind of kick off the month. Cause I think you have an extra Saturday, um, an extra weekend to get some stuff done, either productive or self-care or ratchetry. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give five gotta do's at the end of this episode. So continue to listen. And it's also a sneak peek into our money may, a series that we are doing because we got to get these financials together. Yes, I'm very excited about Money May. It's going to be fabulous. So let's get back to Hallie. So let's, <laughs> in our need to know, we are doing an Oscar recap because we we talked about um, the Oscars on a previous episode. Our predictions, are we really even watching them anymore? You know, just watching for the glitz and glamour, etc. Um, and so I watched. <laughs> I did as well. I watched all the way through to the very end. Congratulations, B. That's like rare for you. That is like past my bedtime. <laughs> oh, I was proud of my, I was proud of myself. And I did, like I said, I would do, which was go on like Essence IG page to see the highlights of who wore what. Um, there were some beauties. Mm-hmm. We will get into it. Can we, can we just do the, can we just do Holly and get her out of the way? <laughs> so do you think she was under the weather? Do you think she was just like, I'm just here to hand out an award. I'm not winning anything. So I'm not going to put in the time. What do you think happened? Because we know that when she puts in the effort, she comes put pull together. But on Sunday, she looked a mess. <laughs> she looked like she belonged on the stick and shut in. And I, and I, because when I saw her on the red carpet, I said, wait, wait a minute. Like, I think I literally text you. What, what's, what's going on here? That was a shake and go wig. If I ever saw a shake and go wig, it wasn't even shook. It was just go. <laughs> that was something on the top of her head that should not have been there. It was the wig for me. It was the, I don't know if she was going for this all natural, no makeup look, but her eyes looked tired. Like she didn't look well. And so I was like, do we need to, again, put Hallie on the sick and shut in on the prayer card? What do we need to do? Because like you said, when she is pulled together, she is pulled together. This was not the move for me. Now the dress, I like the color of the dress. Mm -hmm. I thought it was too much volume considering what size she is. I've seen her in much better, but when she actually like wore the dress and kind of pulled it out a little bit, it was actually really pretty. I just think that it was, it. she lost her shape in the, in the garment is what I think happened. But the color I thought was beautiful. The color was beautiful. I, I agree. But then I also wonder if the color also made her look a little bit more sickly. I don't, it just didn't feel, and I'm usually not one to, yeah, she just, mm -mm, the wig, the, the, the makeup or lack thereof. And again, maybe there was no, no, I gotta go back and look at these pictures. I think, I think a different hair and makeup would have completely changed that look. And Absolutely. so I'm just stunned that that's what she came out looking like, but we can, we can move on. It was, it was a miss. <clears throat> It was. Who did you like? 
I had some face. Angela Bassett. <laughs> oh my God. She looks like she's 40 years old and that oh red God. and that bow and mm. that face and that hair, everything about that look was amazing. Mm -hmm. I looked it up because I wanted to give credit to the designers and I'm going to tell you who she was wearing in just a second. But what did you think of Miss Bassett? She is not even auntie. She is empress. <laughs> I have, I don't know if I've ever seen her on a red carpet where she does not look radiant. She looks radiant. She looks regal. She is black woman magic every single time. And that red, I was here for, for the bold colors um, this season, but she did the damn thing. I was she did the pleased. thing. She was in Alberta Ferretti, mm -hmm. I think is the name of the designer. So I want to give credit to the designer. I thought she looked amazing. I thought Viola looked pretty good. Um, white is a hard color to wear, particularly at the ceremony, but I thought she did great. Glenn Close, we're going to get to her in a bit. But she wore pants with a little cape on top. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. She looked amazing as well. And the men, I know we're going to talk about the men. I thought several of the men looked amazing. There's one woman, B that I thought missed the mark considerably. And we have to get into this. Andrea Day was wearing Vera Wang. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. And she, to me, looked awful. I mean, this gold, solid gold, LeMay looking outfit. It doesn't look expensive. It doesn't look like it's for this occasion. Like, I just, I thought this missed the mark completely considering she was nominated for a major award. I'm wondering if you thinking, if you feel like I'm being too harsh on her. She, so I had heard later just more about that dress. And so, I, and I don't know. That piece of dress, you mean? The, <laughs> it's not even a whole dress. It's a piece of a dress. But it was like made with metal, like it's made out of metal or there's like some, some, like she was talking about how the dress was heavy because it's like intricate. I don't know. And I there's think no it way. was. Bianca, it looks like gold lame. It, it looks like it doesn't have any weight to it at all you can see through it it's that it sheer you can't see through metal i'm gonna well i am going to um now i'm gonna look it up um, i'm looking at it right now i can see straight through to see the leg i mean this is not weighted at all but anyway go on there was something that um but she was making best dress folks liked it apparently but for the academy awards though or is this best dress for the mtv movie? so gold gold was a theme because there were there were some other folks in gold and she was one of them i didn't love it <laughs> i'm old though <laughs> so okay. um i didn't love it i've seen her in better um i also i don't know even as i look at it right now um, i love viola davis i think she was robbed but we'll get into that um I liked the dress. I liked the cutouts. I liked the details. Um, I wonder what it would have looked like in a different color. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. My favorite, hands down, Miss Regina King. In Louis Vuitton. Oh, <laughs> just regal. She, Another. she may have been one of the best dressed, in my opinion, of the whole night. Yes. Uh, and when she walked into that auditorium to start the award show, I was yes. like, I could just watch this all night and I'll be fine with that. Yes, and yes. She looked amazing. She looked amazing. Um, oh, looking at her right now. Just can we get can we get to the men's? Oh, <laughs> yes. Let's get to the men's. So, you know, I'm not into pop culture, so I don't even really know that much about him, but I've been Googling him this week. Riz Ahmed, mm. who was in 
I don't know, a movie. <laughs> he that was in is Sound gorgeous. of Metal. You were so in love with him. <laughs> I have been in love with him all week. Why didn't you tell me that he existed? <laughs> I didn't know he existed. I also haven't seen Sound of Metal. And he... But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. I bet you are. <laughs> but he... <laughs> he um, looked... Yes. He looked He looked yum. Um, oh, don't let me pronounce his name wrong. But Lakeith Stanfield... Um, gave me you got it right sexy um 70 pimps vibes <laughs> gave very Isley mm-hmm. brothers <laughs> Isley brothers stand in in that um <laughs> in that suit and I was here for it I, I was here mm-hmm. I was here for it and let me tell you Tyler Perry has a set of thighs <laughs> on him I'm just gonna put that out there <laughs> for anybody who might want to google it <laughs> honey Woohoo! Love it. I love his jacket. He looked. He great looked too. great. His his speech was great. Um, yeah, yeah. What other men? Um, I'm trying to think of who it was that had who the brother was that had on that that beautiful fuchsia um, suit. It was. Um, oh gosh, now I'm gonna have to find it. But y'all know who I'm talking about. He looked bold. I think I would have liked to seen that fuchsia color on Viola Davis. Now that's a great idea. I think she would have looked great in that color and she's worn that color before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that dress in that color would have been great. I'm trying to find his name. B. If I find it, um, keep going and I will, I will let so you know. So he was um, definitely one of my faves. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I don't know. I think the men did pretty good this season what'd you think of leslie odom in the um in the gold suit that he wore i did, did see, see it, it? <clears throat> and that's why i was saying gold was definitely a theme oh um, yeah you did say that <laughs> you know what let me let me not okay. say that because i do appreciate when because now i'm looking it up i do appreciate when they go against the grain when it's just not the same black exactly black so um so yeah i i i liked it it wasn't this hot fusion number but i like <laughs> but i liked it um I'm going to continue to look up these photos, but you want to move to the ceremony itself and some of the awards because I have some I want thoughts. To, I want God. to hear <laughs> your thoughts. Um, are we going to start with Chadwick Boseman being robbed or no? Because that was a prediction well, for, I don't, for us. Well, first of all, neither one of us has seen The Father. And so we haven't seen Anthony Hopkins' okay. performance. So we don't know that he was robbed. To be, to be fair to Anthony Hopkins... You see my face? I wish people could see my face. <laughs> so I think I think the I think it, I think we were set up, Bianca. I think the Academy set us up because they used Chadwick's image to promote the ceremony. It was obvious they rearranged the order of the awards because they thought he was going to win, mm. and so we were set up for this emotional high that we did not get. I don't know that that's the fault of the voters. I think that's the fault of the Academy producers who thought they had one thing in the bag and they didn't. But we can't honestly say that Chadwick deserved it because I haven't seen hardly any of these. You movies, still haven't seen frankly. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Oh. No, it's on my list. I've been busy. Y'all busy doing what? Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, because I was late. I, I admitted that I was late to seeing it. Um, it is so powerful. And I think um, not even without giving it a, without giving it away, but it's 
it was different to watch it from this lens, knowing that he had, you know, filmed it and and passed away later because the script and the things that he says and and in the movies kind of um, he's he's angry and he's talking to God and there is a, a level of emotion there that can't that you know that it's not just acting, right? Like that's oh. It was, it was incredible. I was, I was in, I was in tears. That movie was phenomenal. Viola Davis was amazing. Um, Anthony Hopkins didn't even show up because he did not think he was going to win. Well, Everyone assumed that Chadwick was going to win. And so I think people were just surprised. It's very rare that someone who had the amount of awards going in don't, don't win the Oscar, but that's not what happened this time. And it's, it's rare that this occurs, but on occasion it does. Yeah, I was sad. Now, Viola's, Viola's loss was a little bit less shocking mm. because once you realize that the old old girl from Nomadland was in the field, um, I'm blanking on her name. I can see her face. I can see that. Frances McDormand. Yes. The Academy loves Frances McDormand. She already had two Oscars before Sunday. So she had to be considered a threat in that field. And Bianca, I think what happened was I think some of the voting was split between some of the other ladies that weren't Frances McDormand. Mm. And I think that's how Frances ended up winning. Because think about the other women in that field. They had the Carrie Mulligan, they had Viola, they had Andrea. I think those votes were split. And I think the old guard went with Frances. I can see that. And no man land, no mad land. I can't Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a tongue twister. It is. I'm confused. Um, the movie in the desert, in the dust. I don't know. It just looks dusty. Um, Every time I see, it just looks, it looks, the air looks real dry every time I see like clips and stuff. Um, You know, they, they ended up sweeping the things. And so, so maybe, but um, I also thought, you know, when I watched Ma Rainey, um, I was like, yeah, I could see it for, for Chadwick and Viola. I definitely saw it for Chadwick more than Viola though, but she was amazing and her transformation was amazing. Um, pause. Um, Coleman Domingo is the, um, ooh, is the brother in the fuchsia. That the fuchsia. We were, um, it was With that hydrated skin. Just and the part on the side, it was Versace mm-hmm. he was wearing. He's mm. gorgeous. There's just no doubt nah, about that. Carry on. <laughs> um, but yes, um, Daniel uh, Kaluuya winning made me smile because Judas and the Black Messiah. And embarrassing his mother. Oh, he said, wait, her face? When she looked over to the sisters and what did you say? I am here for it because it is my dream to be embarrassed by my children when they are winning an academy, <laughs> academy award. award it's fine <laughs> now just out in the street in the grocery store no <laughs> as you were collecting the things okay fine incredible so glenn close is zero and eight at the oscars she still doesn't have one but as really? far as i'm concerned she won the whole really mm. and you know we can get into that but as far as I'm concerned, she won the entire fucking ceremony because Glenn Close was like, I'm about that life. And if you really want to believe it, <laughs> was watch this. She said, not, she said, not only am I going to give you, give you the whole rundown <laughs> of doing the butt mm-hmm. <laughs> and shout out, go, go and EU. And Off the just, top of her oh, head, Bianca. Was it though? Was, that wasn't planted. 
Now you you don't believe that Miss Glenn Close knows what the what is? I just she got out of her seat and showed you she did. They said she could come to all the cookouts. I was through the memes and just the commentary on her getting up in that um blue Sunday service ensemble <laughs> that she had on because I feel like all of that sequence was giving me all she needed was a church hat. <laughs> I love her and I thought it was I thought it was a great mm-hmm. moment that really lifted the ceremony when it needed a That lift. is true. That is true because although I watched it all the way through it kind of waned. You know there was some parts that were like ah and some some really great speeches and then there were other parts where I'm like yeah okay we're still here. Um but yeah she she did yeah she did the thing. Shout out shout out to her. Did you have a favorite speech or no? Um, oh my gosh, I did. Um, before Daniel put his sex and parents on blast. Um, <laughs> but um, was it the the hair and makeup artist that had won for- The trio from yes, Ma Rainey. <clears throat> yes, that speech was so perfect in the way that she- um, talked about in inclusion and and black women and just just really paving the way for the fact that it's it's time to move past the first black whatever like why are we why is why is that even still a thing but here we are um but just setting the stage for you know for trans folks for more BIPOC people to be noticed and recognized in these categories and winning when they rightfully deserve so I think that was um that was my my favorite speech and yeah and 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 Daniel and his sex and parents hilarious I was tickled all right. Well, another Oscar's in the book and people can be in their feelings about it, but it's done. <laughs> it is. We can talk about it <laughs> next year. It happens every spring. So for all the feels this week, Bianca, we are going to be launching our Money May. And if you didn't catch at the top of this show, we're devoting May to the discussion of money for the whole month. And we're kicking it off with how are we feeling about money, money, money? Wait, that's a song, right? Money, yes. Money, money. Who, who is that? You know, I don't know Some pop culture. That's that's from like 80s and the 90s. It. That's before then. We'll look it up. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. So um, so let's get into it, Bianca. We want to focus this particular segment on how we value money and how we came to appreciate it and what our upbringing was really about vis-a-vis money. Um, so first question, are you a saver or a spender? Both. What so does that I, mean? I know, right? <laughs> I have, because I tend to be a reflex shopper. So I might see something or, ooh, let me get it. You know, like I, I am terrible sometimes with just, and then I'll have buyer's remorse. And I'm like, oh, take it back and that kind of stuff. Especially online shopping. I will see something, click, throw it in the cart, find a honey coupon in three minutes. Not giving a thought. Boxes show up at the house. Amazon and now I'm getting on my husband's nerves. But now I am more conscious of of future in a way that I don't think I was before. So now I am more of a saver. So I am trying to find balance. 
I have been more of a saver recently than I have ever been mm -hmm. in my life. Maybe just because I'm getting older, but it's easier to save and it's fun in a way that it wasn't fun before. Watching those numbers grow is just as much fun as spending the money. I've learned. Am I the only one that does that? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, um, I think this year, so I think this year has has been a financial shift for a lot of people in a lot of ways, right? We've saw, we've seen huge amounts of, of unemployment and job loss and, um, and stimulus and no stimulus and just all of that, like just really the way, uh, we live and work has, um, and, and where, our finances go has really been highlighted during the pandemic. And so I think that that is why I have been more of a saver because I, because in the areas that I am able to save on um, gas, going to and from work, parking, eating out, et cetera, I'm like, uh, let me tuck this away just in case um, rather than spending it as um, loosely as I would like to. And with the pause on the student loan, whew, what a blessing. <laughs> but I know that, that, that that's going to come back around. So I also have mm -hmm. to, to plan to give Navia and Neom all my damn money, unless Uncle Joe does something for us. And your earliest understanding of it, because I have to acknowledge in my family, it was kind of like, you learn this outside the house. And I'm curious if you had the same experience or if your experience was different, because I really learned from money, not from my parents, but maybe from my grandparents at school and in other ways. But I have to acknowledge that that wasn't something that I learned, like I learned other things um, at home. <clears throat> I think I learned about money from a space of scarcity, to be honest, which, um, which I think should have then made me better and more financially savvy. Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't learn about, even though we took, we took consumer education in high school and you had to take it in order to graduate. And economics. <laughs> okay, that too. <laughs> um, but I didn't under, really understand the credit score and just the impact that has on your entire life. Um, I think there were many times where I saw, you know, my mother robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. and, and then I, in turn, was doing that a lot in my late teens, early 20s, as soon as I was, I was like really working, um, as opposed to being more financially savvy. So I don't even think that, um, yeah, that that what I saw at home was a great representation. But as um, our ancestor, again, my Angelou says, when you know better, you do better. Yeah, my experience is very similar. What I knew about money is that we didn't have very much of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and one of the most indelible memories in my from my childhood is my mother giving me a food stamp when I went to the corner store as a very young kid. I will never forget it, Bianca. It was the moment where I realized, oh, we don't have a whole lot. And this is what we have right now. And that moment has stuck with me to this day. Can I tell you a food stamp story real quick? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to go here and I have one. Go ahead. So I will never forget us living in the suburbs at that. So we were living in the suburbs and predominantly white. 
and going to the grocery store with food stamps. When I tell you um, baby Karen did not know what to do <laughs> with those um, brown and pink and orange pieces of paper. And so that was that moment of, oh, you know, this is, this is different or that feeling of, um, I don't want to say something isn't right, but um, when they would have to, you know, oh, I have to, let me get my manager because I don't mm-hmm. know what to, you know. Make I mean? a big deal out of exactly. it. Just fucking keep on moving. Exactly. But just seeing, you know, being there with my mother and waiting for, you know, the manager to come over and know how to rip that little book apart and <laughs> do all the things in, yeah, in this, in this white suburb. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about generational wealth. A lot of that comes from home ownership. A lot of it comes from being being passed down, obviously, given the name. Let's talk about how that feels when it comes to Black families and what that means when we say generational wealth for Black people and Black families. Um, I'll let you start, but I think we both want to chime in on this one. There is, um, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but when they talk about the just, just in terms of the disproportionate um, numbers when it comes to wealth between Black families and white families, it is astonishing, and the fact that although we are seeing changes now, like we can, as Black people, can never really, can never really catch up, um, and so that that kind of sets us up to in terms of always being behind um in terms of the generational wealth I think I'm trying to and and kudos to the husband um for setting the groundwork and wanting to do something different because I don't think I I I didn't grow up with an understanding of generational wealth um I didn't grow up with the understanding of the importance of of home ownership and how that really um plays a factor now granted I don't love being a homeowner (laughs) Because sometimes I just want to call the landlord and have them come over and fix the things. Um, But having been one for the past 10 years, like I understand, um, it wasn't until, it wasn't until honestly that I met my husband Mm -hmm. and his family and saw um, and heard about, you know, property being passed down and still having grandparents' house and grandma's house and, and what a difference that makes um, in terms of generational, being able to have that to pass down. I didn't, I didn't grow up really knowing or having a good understanding of what that was or what that looked like. Um, I think we have a, a ways to go. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if we'll ever catch up, but I love the fact that there is really a very conscious movement around creating generational wealth, um, teaching kids early about, about savings, about finances, about stocks, about, you know, all of those things so that they are growing up aware, understanding how credit works. I think it's generational wealth, but now it's, it's generational knowledge, I think, that we are passing on. And in my family, it was certain people who had, you know, the means to own a home, certain people who had the quote unquote good jobs, certain people that we went to to borrow money. So those people were, they existed, obviously, but it was, they were far and few in between. That wasn't the case for everyone in the family. And so you really have the have and have nots, even within the same family circle, which which was my experience growing up. Agreed. Um, 
Um, my grandparents own their home. My father owns his own home. My mother owns her own home. So we've been very fortunate in that way. My sisters own their own homes currently. So I feel like we're getting better with each generation. I guess what I'm saying with generational wealth is that we still all were working people. If we weren't still working, I don't know that there's a whole lot left to be passed down. As you know, Bianca, in some other communities, you know, you don't have to necessarily work because the wealth has been built up over generations. And so you have options. I feel like for my family, for my experience, if we don't work, mm -mm. we don't eat, we don't live. And so the options are very, very limited, even though there is quite a bit of home ownership within mm -hmm. the family circle. Because we still have to, we still have to work to maintain and keep these homes, right? And, and, um, you know, even, even now in, in the home I'm in now, I'm like, do we sell? Do we keep it? Do we rent it out? Do we, you know, all of those, all of those questions that are important because it's, it's, you know, thinking about the kids again, like I said before, I don't love home ownership. <laughs> I really, it is a, oof, yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot, but I'm also kind of proud of us for taking the step um, and, and being intentional about wanting to be, um, to be homeowners. I, I remember, uh, when my husband and I bought our home 10 years ago, our combined income combined was less than $70,000. And so <laughs> every time you say that to me, I'm amazed. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. And, and this is also pre-kids. Okay. Um, but there were um, you know, and we didn't have down payments. We didn't have, like, we were just like, we we're going to buy a house. Um, but there were programs and first time home buyers things and, and that we were able to kind of go through and to really make it happen. Um, but I don't know if I am seeing that as much, or just the reminder that those programs and those opportunities are out there, um, for folks, not only were we making less than 70 combined, our credit was not good. <laughs> A lot of people are like that in that same situation. Psycho who? Um, and so again, growth. We've come a long way. How old were you when you bought your first home? Uh, I am mm, 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 um, 28, 27, 28. 28. That's pretty good. I think to buy your own home in your 20s is, is great. I had a conversation about a year ago with my close friends, and most of them had owned homes when they were still in college, like in their early 20s. And I thought that How? was balls. Yes. And they were like, yeah, that's not the norm. I'm like, hell no, that's what? not the norm. Most people in America don't own homes before 25. What are you talking about? Now, I have friends who are highly educated, um, come from, you know, great families and so on and so forth. So we are, we're privileged people, but they were stunned that I was stunned that they own homes before they were even out of college. Cause that's not normal. And, <laughs> Let me just put that out there. That's unusual. But then the question is too, because I know of folks who parents bought them homes while they were in college. Now, I didn't want to get too far into <laughs> hey! their business, Bianca, but I think implicit in what they were saying was that mommy and daddy helped. Somebody. Because <laughs> where did their money come from? They didn't have any jobs. <laughs> come on now, like, let's, you know, what are you saving up? Um, but, but, but a house in your name is a house in your name. This is so true. So I'm just going to give you your, your, your flowers. This is true. I just know that there, you know, we didn't have anybody saying, oh, 
here, let me give you this down payment for your, you know, for your home. Um, and, and, and we did it not to say again, like you just said, a house in your name is a house in your name. In your name, I would love to, you know, we talk about that for Grace and Noah, like, um, you know, when they're, when they're in college, I would love for them to have something in their name. And hopefully we're in the financial space to be able to support that. I want to be, I, I want to be rich white folk. <laughs> and while you're putting things in people's names, don't forget uncle Isaiah over here. You could put a little account in my name. No, because <laughs> you got coin. You <laughs> Speaking of coins, is it still taboo to talk about how much you make? Let's 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 get into it. Well, I want to. So I remember hearing a whole conversation about um, in a in a different context, but just talking about disclosure and how we ask people. You know, there are certain people things that we don't necessarily ask people to disclose. So why do we ask them to disclose other things, et cetera, et cetera? And one of the things that the facilitator had brought up when we were having this, this conversation is like we don't ask folks to disclose how much they make or what's in their bank account or lack thereof. Um, and so I don't, I struggle with it. I still feel, I don't know. I, I still feel some kind of way about, well, one, I have never asked anybody, so how much you make? Um, and nobody has ever, no, nah, I've had like one or two times where people have asked me that, but I don't know. It still feels almost none of your business-ish. <laughs> it's it's like, even though I don't mind telling you, what is it, why do you need to know this information? Like, it's just unnecessary information. It has no bearing on on your, your character or our relationship. This is true. And then some people, again, some folks are just nosy. <laughs> or, and I think, so maybe then the follow-up question is, um, why do you want to know or, or, how would me disclosing that better our relationship <laughs> or, or what have you, I, or our friendship or, or whatever the case may be. The, I think the question behind it is why, but then we're in some spaces where we want to have conversations about pay equity and, and making sure that, you know, folks in similar fields are, are getting what they, getting what they deserve or, you know, so, so I understand within, but, within the walls of the company, you believe that these salaries should be transparent. I do. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. But outside the company, if it's not work related and we're just having a coffee, <laughs> I make $500,000. Why are you saying that? Are you Brad? Like, like, why do I need to know that? Why is that a conversation point? Let's talk about something that really matters in our lives. But some folks are you know, put it all out there. Maybe money does matter in their lives. Maybe it does. <laughs> Maybe it does. But so much of it is is public information. Mm -hmm. Like, can't you go online and find out the value of anyone's home or how much they paid for a home? Like, that's public information, is it not? Do that. <laughs> oh, my God. You are, Bianca, <laughs> girl, don't you have enough work you to do? such a creep. Like, <laughs> I am. So when I am, so... Mm. The homes in our neighborhood are selling very fast. We, we, as we all know, speaking of home ownership, we are in a, a seller's market right now. Okay. People are selling them left or right. So one, to be able to compare my own property value, anytime I see a for sale sign, oh, I am zillowing that. I'm putting that address in. I want to know, I want to know what they bought it for. I want to know what they are selling it for. I want to see what it looked like inside. And those are just so that I can have comps, right? So that if, if we do sell, I have some idea. Um, 
but there has been a time or two now I feel bad where I may have <laughs> somebody's gonna say something else what did you no what did you think I was gonna say I can't say because I don't know if I have permission to reveal our private conversations on this Ooh, podcast. Fair. I guess I could cut it out, right? You could. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna pause. I it. warned you that I wasn't sure that I should say it. So Anywho. now I know that I shouldn't. So to the audience, we just cut something out that I shouldn't have said. Bianca, back to you. <laughs> Welcome back. So I do <laughs> I have um yeah, I have I have Googled folks homes. I have. I I have. In my strangers and maybe one or two people that that I know, because I'm a little bit curious. Nosy. And you were just <laughs> talking about nosy people earlier. I know. So now we're talking about you. Um, one last thing. On my arc, it says, <laughs> would you do a little strange for some change? I honestly don't know what that means. <laughs> Bianca, you wrote the arc. What the hell? <laughs> what are you willing to do? for money so we are also in a time what (laughs) we are also in a time where there are a variety of ways that folks can make um money whether primarily to be clear we're not talking about turning tricks we're talking about that too oh 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 (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you finish (laughs) before i grab your mic so one, um, there are a variety of ways for folks to make money, right? Not just their primary. People will pay you to do all kinds of things. And I think we've definitely seen that during the pandemic where, you know, there's more personal grocery shoppers. There's more, you know, folks to do odd jobs, task rabbits, stuff like that. People will come over and put your furniture together, that kind of thing. And then there's also things like OnlyFans where, you know, you could, you know, spend a little time fondling yourself for a coin and people will subscribe and, and pay money to, to see you do those things. And also shout out to sex workers. I know them. I love them. I appreciate them because that is a real job. Um, and so I'm just saying, what, what would you do? What would you do for money? I'm so plain Jane. I'd probably just do some writing, um, oh, some freelance, some cute. writing for people since I can do that. You know, I do believe that sex work should be decriminalized, Hello. but I'm not, that's not good. That's not for me. <laughs> but you were <clears throat> talking a few episodes back about creating a whole playroom. So literally you but, could put but the, the men playroom. would be invited free of charge. I mean, they would be coming <laughs> over for my pleasure and not for my, you know, profit. But then you, pleasure, and the you can record. <laughs> put it up mm-mm, on the thing. I'm too old for that, Bianca. I'm too old for that. <laughs> no, we ain't got time for all that. There's... I can barely, rec- I can barely rec- record this podcast and get through it. I don't have time for all the rest of it. There is literally, you know, a whole culture of folks that like mature things. <laughs> oh, you could, you're never too old. That's what I say. Um, now I do, all of my friends keep telling me a side hustle is important yes. and I know you have a major side hustle. So are you into side hustles? Quote unquote? I am. You must I, I am with balance. I was uh, with, with balance. I am now realizing that I, I have a better understanding of how difficult it is to have a side hustle and a full-time job. Like I, but I am not at the point where I'm like, let me just quit this full-time job. And, you know, some people are like, I left my six figure corporate to go make butterfly Don't do jackets. It. Don't do it. 
Don't do it because the pandemic can hit any day. Any day. And I have definitely seen that. I've seen the impact that the pandemic has had on my business um, because I'm not able to be out in the streets and vending and that kind of stuff. And I tell folks like your my full time job, I consider those my investors in my in my side hustle because that is is really how I am making the money in order to kind of keep it up. Um, but I support, I support a side hustle. I come from a family where, yeah, everybody I, I knew just growing up had just multiple streams of income. I think we've seen that period, um, in the black community where people had their full-time job, but they were also baking cakes on the side or doing hair or, you know, yard work, whatever, mechanics, that kind of stuff. And so I am all for it. I think, yeah, this time has taught us that we have to if you if you if you are able to have another stream of income so that you can tuck away just in case please do that sounds like a great segue to you like how i did that i caught it i caught all of it and you're welcome uh, so in our gotta do this is our money edition so as we have been teasing we are going to be sprinkling um some financial tips, tricks, information throughout the month of May. So we are kicking off this week with five gotta do's the money edition. So the first one being save. So encouraging folks to set a saving goal for the month of May, whether big or small, um, tuck something away for a rainy day. And I know for, for some people, saving is hard. So the savings goal does not have to be $5,000. Maybe it's 50, whatever is within your means. Because as Isaiah mentioned earlier, there is something good, uh, kind of a good feeling about seeing, you know, your, your savings grow, setting that goal and making that happen. Yeah, I agree. I do one third of my income goes to savings out of every paycheck. One third of every paycheck goes to savings. So if people can do that, that's a really good number. One, one third. third. Yes, ma'am. Fancy. Mm -mm, I got these kids. These kids get a third. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a, if you can't do a third, do a fourth. Can't do a fourth, do a fifth. But you know what? You want to be consistent month to month and make it your goal. Exactly. I like it. So the first one is to save. The second got to do is support. So intentionally spend money, I say, with a Black business or a BIPOC business in your community or an organization that is doing really good shit <laughs> um i was i was i had wrote down ish um mm. i don't but i just realized i don't think i've cussed yet today so <laughs> do we have a quota on cursing <laughs> yes support an organization that's doing some good shit okay and download black wall street to your phone and use it ah yes exactly so you know where to spend your money so that we can have more money circulating within the black um community and i have i have decided and i'm going to encourage isaiah to do the same to choose uh -huh, look at your face um to share an organization that you plan to donate to this month. Again, it does Absolutely, not have to do that. Yes. Um, it does not have to be a lot. A $10 donation to an organization could be huge. $100 could be huge. Let's have a competition between you and I for who can give the most money to an organization. Wouldn't that be great? You already again? said you say one third of your income. And I told you, I do not. <laughs> So that competition is <laughs> no. <laughs> or maybe we can see how many we can, 
how many organizations we can donate to. I'll be Kenya, um, you can be Nini. <laughs> you know what I'm referencing, right? <laughs> so now, next, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> so we have gotten saved, we have support. The next um, gotta do is invest and not just in the stock market, which we will be talking about this month, um, but also investing could look like investing in yourself, investing a little money into that side hustle, investing a little money into your wellness or your self-care routine, or also the opportunity to invest in someone else's dreams. That's important. I think that kind of community support. So invest and or if the stock market is where you want to invest as well. Yes. But also investing in yourself and others. Um, number four, prepare, 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 get a life insurance policy outside of work. And I say that to say, <laughs> I had, before my previous job, I had always had a life insurance policy that was tied to my job. And then when I left my last employer, I was like, oh shit, what if something, you know, I now no longer have this. What if something happens when I am not um, on a job or I'm completely working for myself or whatever the case may be. And Grace likes my she things. She because she would probably use all my money to support her YouTube dream goals. <laughs> Absolutely. He is born influencer. Um, so look into life insurance. I And then I found out also that it is far more affordable than, than I ever thought. And that is something that we'll be diving into as well. Um, not only to get life insurance, but also create a will. Please let, let folks know around you what your last wishes are. I think, again, whew, this pandemic has shown us that life is short. And so any way we can prepare, and we don't like to talk about death, but any way that we can prepare so that our family um, isn't carrying the bulk, the bulk of stuff, let's do that for them because we love them. And last but not least, so time, excited. <laughs> drum roll. Okay. okay. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. This is episode 10. I got to give the people something extra. Read. Our book club book of the month is Get for Good. For Money May. <laughs> for Money May is Get Good with Money by Tiffany Aliche, the Budgetista. The Budgetista. Um, the Budgetista. So <laughs> the title is Get Good with Money 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. Now, this, this is a longer book, Bianca. We should give a warning to the listeners because you chose a longer book. <laughs> Pick it up now. <laughs> So one thing I will say, because I got the book already <clears throat> and I'm, I'm holding it up so Isaiah can see it because I told y'all many times, Bianca, mine's on order. Bianca does not read. <laughs> Bianca <laughs> only listens. listens. But you got a book book. Why, why did you get a book, book? I got a book book because I want to highlight things. I want to take notes. Oh, okay. Also, to be clear, I also reserved it on audio via my library, but they said it was going to be 11 weeks before it was available. And I said, oh, shit. So this is a new release. This is a newer release. When did it come out? Newer release. I think it's been out a month now. Okay. So, so it is new. It is fresh. Um, even just looking through it, what I appreciate about the book, that is really something for everyone. So whether you are new on your 
um, saving financial planning journey, budgeting, et cetera, um, going into um, even more advanced things, whether it be stock, home ownership, et cetera. I think there, it's nice because it feels like there's somebody, something for everyone across the money spectrum. Um, so that, I'm excited. Me too. So recap real quick. You got to do save something, support something or someone, invest in yourself and others, um, prepare because we all going to meet our maker. Amen. And read Get Good With Money by Tiffany Aliche, the budgetista. And we may or may not be devoting May to these topics and bringing in people to talk about them. May or may not. Stay tuned. <laughs> May, may or may not. Is may that or may your... not. Okay. We're, we're doing it. Yeah, we are. I don't even know why you're trying to. <laughs> we're going to have some We're guests. still doing it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I think that's, I think we've made it to the end, Bianca, of episode 10. Any um, fond memories uh, on this anniversary episode before we outro? Is anniversary <laughs> episode? Um, we're going to celebrate everything we, we can. Hey. <laughs> Give us our flowers. Too bad we don't have the top of a cake to eat. <laughs> I, well, that would be fun. I am just reminiscing on episode one when my mic sounded like trash. And, and I am reminiscing on it because I have since had a few people say, I just listened to the pilot and your mic was so low. I know, friend. And now we are past that and, you know and what, I'm grown. You know what's funny about that? That's our most listened to episode is the pilot. And so... <laughs> that's what that's what so I'm hoping people came back after that so even when I posted about it like on Facebook and stuff I was like look I know what episode one sounds like get past that and see how we have grown what is your fondest memory I think my favorite episode I love the pilot but I love the raw episode as well I just I thought we kiki from start to finish and I thought the conversation was so organic not that not that it isn't usually but that one stands out in my mind and of course when Lynn came on uh, she was just a hoot I loved her I I feel like because my hope was to do like just kind of this whole series of like community superheroes and folks doing you know good in the hood but nothing can top Lynn oh my god we should have an award called good in the hood that we give out to people. Hey. Write that down. Oh my God. Let's commission that before I'm going to go and register that before someone Please else grabs do. it. Because <laughs> people are out here trying to steal our shit. Oh, I think I've cursed like three times now. <laughs> Cussed. I'm proud of myself. You're welcome. You're, you're welcome. I... <laughs> Somebody told me that they like it when I, um, when I was doing my say no boundaries voice. So I feel like every episode I should just lean a little gently into the mic and remind folks to say hell no no nah fuck that not going to in a reminder while she's having her moment <laughs> reminder to follow us on instagram and twitter at warden webster and to catch us every saturday because that's when we release new episodes you can go to our website wardandwebster.com to read not read to listen to all the episodes now that she's done i'm isaiah webster. was that done or did you just cut me off it's fine i'm Bianca Ward. And you didn't sing it again. I'm a disappointed for the because second week. Because I'm row. giving you <laughs> the voice. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Take care of yourselves I'm, and I'm each cutting other. off the recording. <laughs> Bye. Right here. <laughs>